this is The Bittersweet Life, a podcast for all you seekers in the world. Seeking a new home, a new job, a new perspective, a new life. And for those of you who have already gotten started by moving to a new place, or feel a little bit stuck because you're back in the old place, we're here to keep you company as you explore the world. If you like the show, support it. Commit to donating $5 a month. Write about the show on social media. Share it with your friends and family. Write us a good review. You have a chance, not just to listen, but to say, hey, I really like what you're doing here. Let me take you to dinner. You've heard me tell you about the donate button at thebittersweetlife.net or about telling a friend. If you love the show, take action. Help us keep it alive and help us keep it growing. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Hurricane Ida whipped into western Cuba before making landfall in Louisiana last Sunday afternoon, leading to flooding, wind damage, and extensive power outages. And for many local residents, this was the first time they evacuated for a hurricane since Hurricane Katrina in 2005. Now, a few years back, I moved to New Orleans for a month to really experience living there. And boy, did I get the full experience. (laughs) Just after I arrived on October 1st, a hurricane was approaching the city, resulting in a pretty interesting episode of this show, particularly because I was interviewed about the approaching storm by the BBC News. Since Ida is on my mind this week, I listened back to that episode and found it to be so much fun that I wanted to share it with you now. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to New Orleans. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Katie. So... What's going on in New Orleans? So the interesting thing about this New Orleans time that people will catch on is that we're going to be like a little bit behind when things actually happened as the episodes come out because it took me a little while to adjust to living here and obviously to find time to edit the show and put it out there. So it's always a little bit of a lag time during this period. Everyone needs to remember also that... We don't have a producer, Katie. Well, Katie is the producer. So she does all the editing and all of the uh, technical stuff and pretty much everything. So Mm -hmm. so it's it's pretty amazing that you get it out there at all. Yeah. (laughs) So you have to put up with the... If I'm uh, having an uncomfortable personal life, hey, you're going to suffer for it. There's just no (laughs) way around it. (laughs) And so as we record this, we just went through hurricane day. Not just, but, you know, a little bit ago. That's what I'm calling it in my head. Hurricane Day. Hurricane Day, because it only lasted a day. Yeah. So on the 7th of October, we were being approached by Hurricane Nate out of the Gulf Coast. It's a big storm that happened really quickly. So I'm down in New Orleans and everybody, maybe you know, New Orleans gets hit by hurricanes every now and then. One of the biggest, most tragic events of any hurricane in our modern history happened in New Orleans in 2005 with Hurricane Katrina, when I think almost 2,000 people were killed. That's just incredible. I had no idea it was such a big number. And New Orleans is below sea level, so Mm. it's protected by a series of levees and 
canals and water pumps and all kinds of stuff that have to be running and running well to protect the city. And of course, uh, Hurricane Katrina uh, was not only a huge and powerful storm, there was huge infrastructure problems that made that into such a tragedy. So the levees broke and flooded an entire part of the city. And ever since then, I wouldn't say people are more cautious, but I think that definitely changed the character of the city. There was there's a before and an after that particular event. And they are but they're also very used to big huge storms approaching. And in fact, when I was talking about this, we knew I think a day or two prior that it could be a problem that it might hit New Orleans this storm. And so I was asking people about it and they were saying, "Well, there's this balance between whether or not you should evacuate or not because you don't want to keep making people evacuate and have nothing happen because then when they really need to get out, they won't. Right. And so like with Hurricane Katrina, my friend, uh, one of my friends who lives down here, the only time he's ever evacuated for a storm was during that storm. Thank God. And he sort of put off evacuating for quite a long time. He wasn't sure if he was going to go because he had the flu and he didn't want to have to get up and a friend came over and made him get in the car and go with them. But there's so many things I can tell you about what it was like. And But let me do a spoiler alert. If you hadn't followed the news, it ended up not being that big of a deal of a storm. It completely missed us. Okay, completely. In fact, uh, they put the city under a citywide curfew uh, beginning at 6 o'clock, maybe 7 o'clock. And so it was the quietest night I've had in this city (laughs) since arriving. (laughs) That's ironic. (laughs) And all night long, they say, they're saying, well, we think that the storm's going to hit around eight (laughs) o'clock. And then nothing happens. Like it was raining earlier in the day, but then eight o'clock comes, it's still very still outside. And then they're like, maybe it'll be later. So like you didn't even get any wind? Not even rain. Like (gasps) if you can imagine weather-wise, the Tuesday prior had been more chaotic than the night of the storm, and it completely missed the city. You have to be thankful for that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but. Well, I know you as a journalist, part of you, I'm guessing, wanted to live through something. Maybe not something as bad as, hopefully, as bad as Katrina or, or Harvey or Maria down in Puerto Rico. But, you know, knowing you and knowing that you like to, you know, you're a journalist. It's, it's in your blood. And you wanted to be there for it. But all the, on the other hand, you're thankful that it didn't happen at the same time. Yeah. Especially because I'm sure there are people out there who are like, uh, I've lived through hurricanes and trust me, you do not want that to happen to you. It's funny because I'm wandering around and I'm trying to take my cues from other people. I don't know what it's like to go through a hurricane down here. And a lot of the people living down here have lived through a bunch of them. And so I was kind of looking to people being like, are they worried? Is this a problem for them? Are they running around um, buying food supplies and stuff? And what did you notice? What were the people doing? They seemed extremely relaxed in general, but it's so hard to know like what they were actually feeling. So the the day of the storm and the day before the storm, there were people out tying potted plants down and... You know, if they had like loose tile on the roofs, people were like up on the roofs hammering stuff down. Did people put the boards up? Like, I, I feel like every time they talk about hurricanes coming, I always see the little video of people putting boards up on their windows. Well, most of the houses down here have shutters already built in. So people just sh- okay. pull the shutters shut and then they zip tie them sometimes to keep them from flapping. Okay. 
shop owners were taking down tin signs that might Mm -hmm. swing like crazy and areas that are more prone to flooding. Some people were stacking sandbags in front of the entrance of the door. Okay. You know, to try to keep water from coming underneath the the door frame. But people didn't look panicked. They didn't look panicked. Yeah. And in fact, the night before, I had been invited to go with these people to Oktoberfest of all absurd things to do before... (laughs) prior to possibly a catastrophic event is go to a festival with people wearing lederhosen you know we don't do oktoberfest right there's just no way we're basically like import as much german beer as we can and get as wasted as possible and then we call that like a a cultural heritage festival (laughs) anyway so we're going to this oktoberfest and we decide to all meet at this bar ahead of time in the united states we have this thing called the emergency alert system which you've probably heard of. I can't, I can't think of what it is. Yeah, it's like this awful alarm system that makes this horrible noise, and then it gives you information. If you work for a radio station, you have to do these tests of the emergency alert system all the time, and it, these horrible sounds, and then it says, if this was an actual emergency, instructions would follow, right? So we're sitting in this bar, and every single one of our phones at one point makes that horrible buzzing sound. Okay. And when you look down, it just says, emergency alert, there is a hurricane approaching the area. And, of course, without missing a beat, the girl that I'm with just goes, hey, everyone, did you hear that there's a hurricane coming? You know, and everybody (laughs) just laughs and laughs, and they're just debating about what does a citywide curfew even mean? They eventually just decided that it means this is a city full of grown children and without somebody telling them what's good for them, they won't know how to take care of themselves. So the mayor has to actually come out and say, you know, remember, there's a storm coming. Best not go outside. Let me repeat one more time. Don't go outside. One more time. Don't drive through water. Well, Katie, there are a lot of impractical people out there who you know, who do need that kind of, uh, that kind of reminder, um, even if it's just like 2% of the population. Well, I mean, it's true, because like, what's going to happen in a hurricane, if it's not a Katrina, where a wall of water comes at you, you know, you're going to go outside, and something's going to fly through the air and hit you, take you out that yeah. way. Or you could be lifted up off your feet. Right, exactly. I mean, the, the winds that those hurricanes that blew through the Caribbean islands, I mean, that was some serious... I mean, those are destroying houses. If you can pull a tree off the ground, you can pull a person off the ground. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think the one part where I felt alarmed was talking to my friend Dante. He said, when you're in a hurricane tonight, you know, if a hurricane happens tonight, you just have to consider it that it's the midst of a tornado warning. There's a tornado going on. And there's a possibility that there will be real tornadoes also around you. And I said, well, what are we supposed to do in that case? Like, I'm from the Midwest. I know that what to do in a tornado is like you go underground. There's nothing underground here because it's below sea level. So everything's vaulted so that the water can go underneath stuff. Yeah. And even if it were, I was thinking about this during, you know, these horrible hurricanes that have happened in Texas, but particularly the one in the ones, you know, going through the Caribbean. And I thought, you know, you're on a Caribbean island, there's nowhere to go. Like You can't just like get in your car and like drive north mm-hmm. for 10 hours and get out of the area. You can't go anywhere. If you're on Puerto Rico, you can't go anywhere. Yeah. And you can't go underground, not only because there might not be any underground places, but you can't go underground because those places will flood. Right. Yeah. That's the real reason you can't go under down, underground. Right. And that's freaking scary. Yeah. That's really scary. Yeah, so I told him like, what should I do? And he said, well, consider it like a tornado in the sense that at least 
it, there is a possibility that the roof of your house could get pulled off, but stay away from the windows like you would in a tornado. You know, if you can cover up the windows with heavy curtains on the inside, do that. Anything you can to like keep the glass from shattering inward and stuff. So be honest, you were kind of getting excited. No, when he said that, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> you know, did I <laughs> did I move to new orleans in time to be like murdered by a storm you know? yeah i was like, thinking i was like leave it to katie to move to new orleans during the worst hurricane season of all time <laughs> right yeah yeah well i mean and i considered that when i was coming down here too and actually the week before when i was in puerto Vallarta, as you heard our my interview with jorge moreno from down there yes the day at we arrived there was a huge tropical storm going through there so i'm just like everywhere i go they you know, follow you horrible storms but that said that's not true because uh we got missed support for the bittersweet life comes from lugs offering a full range of stylish footwear for the entire family from boots to canvas options their shoes are comfortable and fun no matter what season it is lugs are affordable and versatile and even if you're working from home, Katie, you still need shoes. You know I need shoes, Tiffany. I haven't bought shoes in a long, long time. So treat yourself. You can never have enough shoes. <laughs> Lugs is offering our listeners a discount of 30% off right now when they visit Lugs.com. That's L-U-G-Z.com. Yes, visit there and enter the promo code BITTERSWEET for 30% off all full price items. That's BITTERSWEET for 30% off. Lugs is a great brand with shoes for the entire family. Stylish, realistically priced, and great for everyday wear. Lugs has a wide range of options from canvas shoes to stylish boots. You should really check them out. You just might find the exact shoe you've been wishing for. Visit lugs.com and enter the code BITTERSWEET. One of the really funny things, Tiffany, that you would really appreciate that I want to play a clip of is that I got interviewed by the BBC. Oh, really? The news for this, because if you were following the Bittersweet Life Twitter feed at Bittersweet Pod, I was taking pictures throughout the day of like of what was going on mm-hmm. leading into the hurricane. I did see those. I saw a little possum. Yeah, the possum. possum. He was preparing for the hurricane. You always find the little creatures. Yeah, I have a baby possum that hangs out of my back stoop from time to time. And he has certain spots he likes to sit. So I'm, I know where to look for him occasionally. But yeah, so he was preparing for the storm as well. Go see him at Bittersweet Pod. He's super cute. Anyway, and so they must have seen that I was tweeting that and they were looking for people who were in New Orleans. And so they interviewed me and another guy. I had told the producer, I just moved here. You know, I've been here for a week, maybe less. And so I'm not going to know much of anything. (laughs) But I thought it could be a fun angle for you to talk to a person who just moved there and is now going to possibly get hit by Hurricane Nate. Mm -hmm. He did not convey this information to the host of the show at all so the very first question and i'll just play it because it's funny the very first question of the show is a question that i'm completely unqualified to answer all right let's hear it let's just hear it uh, can i just double check how i pronounce your surname by the way is it katie sewall it's sewall sewall yeah okay this is bbc five live on digital online smartphone okay as well as yourself we've got Corey howard and uh, kent graves from the national weather service showers are likely in the north and west remaining cloudy for most areas but staying mild with lows of 13 in london this is bbc five live i'm dotson adibai we're staying up all night 
The Gulf Coast of the United States braces for Hurricane Nate. We'll be speaking to people caught in its path. As you've been hearing in the bulletin, Hurricane Nate has, um, well, people in uh, New Orleans and in the southern United States are preparing uh, to withstand its full force. Already it's killed about 25 people as it swept through Nicaragua, Costa Rica and Honduras as a tropical storm. Now, though, a state of emergency has been declared in four of the southern U.S. states as Nate heads towards the Gulf Coast. The measures apply to parts of the city of New Orleans, which, of course, was devastated by Hurricane Katrina 12 years ago. Let's speak to a couple of people in New Orleans now where Hurricane Nate is expected to hit in the next few hours. Corey Howitt and radio and podcast producer Katie Sewell are with us. But anybody who remembers Hurricane Katrina will be concerned. Of course they will. But it's a very different city now since then. Is it not more prepared to withstand the kind of hurricane that Nate may turn out to be? I'm not sure if I'm totally qualified to answer that because I actually just recently moved to New Orleans. So from what I understand, it seems to be slightly more ready. But from my understanding, a lot of the pumps, uh, at least a good percentage of the pumps, still aren't working. Uh, and there are some dangers that haven't been cleared out at this point. And, Corey, how do you prepare then in that case? Given I do think from there it gets better. You can hear that slight hesitation from the host who has that notion in his head, as I know, because I've posted so many things. I know he's thinking at this point, hmm, does she know anything? What can I go to her for? Because I, I so don't answer that question. So then the interview goes on and I start, uh, not only do I contradict the other guy from New Orleans a couple, like at least one time, but... In my head, I'm th every time I say something, I'm waiting to see if he agrees with what I say. The New Orleans guy. So then I know that I'm on the right track. <laughs> so then we judge like whether or not it's actually a successful interview or not. And, and Corey, how do you prepare then in that case, given what both you and Katie are saying, not convinced that the, the levies will do their job, for example? How do you prepare for something like Nate? Sure. Where we are prepared, we did start building as a city higher and we did start having kind of standards that way. But, you know, it's really kind of ludicrous in some of our political leadership how some of our infrastructure is still not fixed. And so, you know, the safe bet is to evacuate. And that is um, if this wasn't uh, predicted to uh, kind of sit out in the hot Gulf water and kind of brew and not go as fast, I think the city would have had a mandatory evacuation. But because of the speed of the storm, it does not look uh, and we did not prepare the same way as if it would uh, if it was going much slower. We can't rely right now on our infrastructure. We have to be able to uh, protect ourselves. And that means evacuation. Do, do you agree with that, Katie, that the safest bet, even though it's not uh, been ordered by the city authorities, but the safest bet for householders is to evacuate? I think one of the problems with mandatory evacuation is that you don't want to make people evacuate every single time because if they do and then not much happens, they don't evacuate at moments when they really, really need to get out of town. Uh, and so I think in this case, they didn't order a mandatory evacuation and people are hedging their bets, hoping for the best. And um, along the city, they're just doing things like gathering as much water as they can, filling their bathtubs, tying down potted plants, and hoping that when it hits, it doesn't do that much damage. 
But even even if you do evacuate, Corey, where, where do you evacuate to? Again, those who remember Katrina, the last place they want to be is in the was it in the New Orleans Saints Auditorium, the the you know, whatever drone it was called at the time, because that that is where we saw some of the most horrific scenes from last time. Where do you go? So that's a, it's a good lesson learned, and it's a good point that you make because one of the things from the last storm is that uh, the evacuation shelters are no longer in the city. It's more utilizing transportation buses to, to be able to get the most vulnerable out of the city. Uh, north of the city, if you will, is really the only place to go. Casey, what, what sense do you have of the impending hurricane now? What's the weather like where you are? Uh, you know, right now it's actually still very still outside. It's just warm and muggy. It's not even raining right now. So it has this just sort of literally the calm before the storm. <laughs> Is that com is that comforting or disconcerting? I don't know. It's sort of like waiting for what you don't know is going to happen. Like, you know something's about to happen, but you just don't know. You have a sense of when, but you just don't know what and how. So I think it has an underlying anxiety to it. But at the same point, if you walk around the city right now, and, and the curfew just went into effect, but if you were walking around 10 minutes ago, You'd see people standing on their porches, drinking beers with their friends, just trying to be as relaxed as possible, waiting for the storm to arrive. Indeed, that's what I remember of New Orleans. Uh, I've been to New Orleans several times and people do drink on their porches. I've been there uh, uh, on a public holiday, for example, and people, as I walked past, were offering me beers, actually, right. from their house. Right. They but, call, some people are calling it a hurricane. Now, I don't know. A lot of times if you call it that, uh, that means that you didn't live through Hurricane Katrina. You haven't seen how bad it can get. Um, some people do treat it like a few days off from work and just hope for the best. But there is sort of this nature of people in New Orleans that a lot of people, all of us in the world are somewhat attracted to is they face hard things like storms like this all the time and they do it in a sort of laughing manner. What does that tell us about the people of New Orleans, Corey, what Katie has just described? They, well, they... it's it, it's in our DNA, right? I mean, it's it's the reason why we have the nickname the Big Easy. And, um, you know, we didn't nobody. Nobody's canceled services in the morning. Nobody's canceled mass. Nobody's canceled anything for tomorrow thinking we're, we're moving on. It doesn't matter what happens. We, we still have tomorrow to celebrate. I have birthday parties not canceled this morning it's hilarious it's uh it's just part of our dna and our culture well is that streetcar named desire even though it's only for the tourists now is it still running even as we speak <laughs> well they, they they did finally shut those down but that was at the last minute of course yeah, yeah of course of course it will be i mean on, on a serious note though this could turn out to be horrific really couldn't it i hope not <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're in the same we're, we're we're in the same beta breath. That you know, part of this is we always do hold our breath just a little bit because levees protect us, right? And um, and that is the that is the source of our protection, and uh, and and we have to lean on those as as part of our comfort. Of course. And I do think that we we hang on what the National Weather Service is telling us. So every time they say it's moving a little bit further to the east, we we have our fingers crossed. Not that we don't like Alabama and we want them to get hit. But, we, you know, for our own protection, we think, OK, keep moving. Keep going to the east. It, that would be better for us. Keep going yeah. fast. Pass us over as quickly as you can. It's and then like, and then crack another beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, self-preservation, I suppose, in a way. Yeah. At what point, though, in listening, and I imagine you know, you're not the only ones that are watching the National Weather Bulletins, at what point, what, what will, how will the situation have to change 
for you both to consider perhaps evacuating if you can, if it's not too late? Go ahead. Well, go ahead. I, I, all I was going to say was, you know, I think for it to, to be able to, it's the speed of it. Yeah. If we would have sat out there in, in the warm Gulf water, I think we would have we would have been gone. Yeah, I think in some ways it is too late for us to evacuate at this point. Wouldn't you say, Corey? It, it is. I mean, that's it's a it's overused, but it's a term that's been used quite often. It's uh, at this point, it's called hunker down. So, yeah. and uh, so we we just hunkering down and and waiting for uh, waiting for the storm to pass with. Uh, with the, the good or the bad results left. so I wish you both all the best of luck, and also not you two, not just the people of Louisiana, but the people of Alabama as well, of course. Yes, indeed, <laughs> of course. Katie, indeed. thank you. Thank and you Corey. so much for the – thank yeah. you all so much. It's all our pleasure. Corey Howitt there and uh, the radio and podcast producer Katie Sewell as well. Police in the U.S. state of Washington say that they've arrested the – One thing that strikes me as rather remarkable down here is – it's almost like because they are so low, so low sea level wise, I mean, because there's so much more crime in the city, because they lived through Hurricane Katrina, or many of them did, or they lost people during it, or lost all of their stuff during it, they have a levity to them that I don't really see in other places. It's almost like we're all going to die. It could happen at any moment, any single moment. So we might as well have a good time now. You know, when I was walking down the street with my friend before the hurricane, like 30 minutes before the curfew, and he was going to head off to the house he was going to hunker down in, and I was heading back to my house, we were drinking beer out of plastic solo cups, and there were all these people standing out on the porch. They were also having wine, and, you know, old ladies were smoking their last cigarette before they have to shut the door and be inside, and where he's just walking down the street, and he's like, hey, happy hurricane, happy hurricane, and or to his neighbors, he'd say, to this elderly woman, are you ready for this? And she's like, as ready as I'll ever be, you know? And they just have sort of a, I don't know, they just, they sort of joke in the face of tragedy. And it's, uh, you know, and I asked my friend about it and he said, well, what else are you going to do? And I said, well, well, you could live somewhere else. And he said, I can't live anywhere else. He's like, life is for living and I'm going to live it right now. Well, I got to. And if it ends, well, you know, at least he lived every day. I think that character is really, really interesting. And we're going to have to leave it there. Perhaps because I was missed by the hurricane, this episode was plagued by technical audio problems. We lost Tiffany's audio from here on out. And my apologies for the bad quality of my voice on the BBC interview. I trust I was sounding at least a little bit like the others on the other side when you were listening in the UK. On my side, my ancient computer did its very best picking me up as I talked. I want to thank the Dapper Dandies for the music in our New Orleans opening, and to our intern Estrella Gomez. She runs lacasablaga.com, which you should definitely check out. And remember, take action. If you love the show, tell a friend about it, follow us on social media, give us a good review, or send us a donation at thebittersweetlife.net. And if you do send a donation, by the way, you get a handwritten note in return. Seriously, when's the last time you got some real mail? We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Find us there. Search for the Bittersweet Live podcast. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.